Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we are going to be interviewing a man who frankly needs no introduction. He is the face of Infowars and probably the most censored man in America. This is Alex Jones. Alex Jones, the man, the legend, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. For sure. Now there's a lot that I think we have to talk about. And you know what, I want to get into deplatforming some of the headlines you've been making. But I wanted to start this interview off on a bit more of an authentic note, because as big as your platform is, and it is huge, I think there are even more people out there who talk about you and have heard about heard about you, but don't maybe actually watch your programming. Everything they know about you is maybe through secondhand sources. So I wanted to know, is there ever anything that you see frequently about yourself in the media that whenever you see it just makes you stop and go, uh-uh, that's not true? Is there one thing particularly that you think is a huge misconception people have about you that you want to clear up? Well, I mean, that's a huge laundry list of things. But if there was one, that's a really great question. Infowars is huge globally in the false media paradigm. But as for a radio and TV show, it's it's large. And there's been points where we've reached, you know, had 100 million video views in a week. There's been points where we've had 20 million people listen to our podcasts in a week. But there's lots of big media out there. The issue is, is that old dinosaur media consistently doesn't really get any traffic. So they want to shut down everything that's new, whether it be grassroots or whether it be well-funded like The Blaze. Uh, still, if it's, like you said, more authentic, uh, and popular, they want it shut down. And so, I mean, to, to, to talk about what I wish they would stop saying, uh, the sky's the limit. They have said so many lies about me that it makes my head spin. And I would just challenge listeners or just the general public that if you read a headline or, or see something in the news, if you didn't see the person say it, uh, then you better know that they're lying. I mean, one example was just recently, Raw Story had the headline, Alex Jones attacks Sandy Hook family's lawyer, calls them little white Jew boy in latest unhinged rant. But the court transcript said white shoe boy because they're lawyers from Yale. Well, in 1954, Esquire first coined the term white shoe boys, meaning the Ivy League elite from Yale. So I was talking about how a bunch of elitists from Yale are suing me, Democrats, to silence my speech. And then they turn into that, but to the credit uh, of Raw Story, when we sent them the actual court transcript, Alex Jones attacked Sandy Hook family's lawyer as a little white shoe boy in latest unhinged outburst. So at least they changed that. But we've had other things that are just flat out not true on a daily basis, like like I'm anti-Semitic when I'm pro-Israel. I'm, I'm pro-Israel existing. I don't agree with everything Israel does. I don't agree with everything America does. Uh, so, so really, I'm I'm second to only Trump when it comes to experiencing just outright whoppers of lies that they know are lies on a daily basis. I think what makes it more frustrating to have people say things about you that you know are not true is when you don't have the ability to push back or correct it. And that kind of leads us into the issue of deplatforming because I think you, you've in a lot of ways been the first one kicked off of these platforms and you your booting has followed the booting of other conservatives, right? You're now, you're not on Twitter anymore. Uh, YouTube's taking you guys down. Uh, Facebook, Spotify, the list goes on. Um, why are people so afraid of what you have to say? Whether they agree with you or not, why are people so insistent that you not even be allowed to speak at all? Well, let me answer that question. But first, that first thing you said, 
That's exactly what deplatforming is about. When you're taking off Facebook and you're taking off uh, Twitter, then they can say whatever they want about you and you can't respond. And then they can build that evil straw man up uh, bigger and bigger. But I'll tell you what they're most scared of. And that's that they know we relaunched 1776, the idea of the Western Renaissance for everybody, the idea of classical liberal real egalitarianism versus neoliberal fascism. And so the globalist model knows that not just here, but in England and in the UK and in Europe and in Japan and in places like Brazil, InfoWars has been a critical catalyst in discovering that we have these multinational corporations that are crony capitalists who work with governments to create monopolies, who are trying to overwrite all major cultures and bring in a homogenized global corporate culture. So my real sin is helping kickstart and uh, relaunch, as Time Magazine called me many years ago, like 10 years ago, the mad prophet of the Tea Party uh, you know, out in the wilderness. Well, now they kind of think of that as patient zero. And so they want to take me out and then capture what InfoWars is to then use the revolution we've helped launch with our listeners is actually a dirty thing. So they want to capture us, silence us, and then roll out the doppelganger, roll out the uh, twisted clone, the counterfeit, uh, to then be used against liberty movements worldwide. So that's the real overall uh, strategy. And, and then, of course, we were instrumental, along with many others. DrudgeReport.com was central. Breitbart was central. The work at, over at The Blaze, uh, you know, I mean, nowadays is helping. Uh, but... Trump coming in, the nationalism, the populism, where Trump isn't perfect, but he really is trying to be president. He really is trying to make the decisions, not round tables of bureaucrats uh, and uh, CFR people that tell the president what to do. And so we're really responsible for taking the crown away from Hillary, who was the cover of Newsweek, Madam President, that, that the New York Times said was a 98% chance uh, that she was going to win. And, and, and so we're seen as... Uh, defiling the queen and stealing her rightful crown. I, I listen to everything you say there. And, it, you know, you also use words like a revolution and, and things like that. And that's another thing I wanted to ask you. People have accused you of being too hyperbolic. Uh, you know, you mentioned the, the court case. There's uh, now I think some people are saying that you've actually threatened a lawyer, uh, like thre threatened his life. Uh, where do you see the line between, I guess, like rhetoric and actual threats to safety and things like that. Because if, you know, if we're talking about uh, deplatforming and everything, I think one of the issues where most people would agree on are like, all right, if you're actually threatening someone, that's not cool. But it's like, wh where, where do we draw the line with what is a threat, a real one versus what is just a, a turn of phrase? How do you see that issue? Well, sure. Uh, look, I have no criminal record. I have never offensively attacked anybody. I've been in a few fights growing up. And so the idea that a 45-year-old talk show host is threatening a lawyer is asinine. Um, it was being reported that I was sent encrypted hidden child porn right around the time, right after the Democrats filed suit on me for questioning Sandy Hook many years ago. And so I was not accusing the other side of planting it. I was not any of that. I was very angry on air and was, was talking about once we find out who did send this, and who's trying to set us up, and I put a big reward out, I said, you're going to go to prison, your head's going to be put on a pike. <laughs> well, I don't have a pike, never put anybody's head on a pike. That's a saying of, I'm going to put your head on a pike. And then they right away said, oh my gosh, you're threatening us, we're so scared. Uh, when, 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 Even before they said that a few days later, 
I clarified the same show that I don't mean that towards those individuals. I said, you know, I don't like these lawyers and what they're doing. And whoever you are, we're going to catch you and you're going to get in trouble. And so, again, that's more fake news. Listen, AP ran a headline for three days, never corrected. It was the top of Twitter. It was the top of Yahoo News. It was AP in Market Watch. That's the Wall Street Journal owns that. And the headline was, Alex Jones loses Sandy Hook lawsuit for book he wrote, Nobody Died at Sandy Hook. I didn't lose a lawsuit this week or last week or the week before. I didn't uh, write a book called Nobody Died at Sandy Hook. I'm not, I haven't read the book, but I'm told I'm not in it. The, the people that wrote it, uh, Professor Fetzer and some other guy, are on the cover of it. And we contacted AP. I had Robert Barnes, a very respected litigator and First Amendment lawyer, contacted them. And, um, hey, guys, will you run and get the crew so they can pull that up? I know there's not any crew in there right now, but I'm going to, since, since we're doing this interview, maybe they can pull up that interview or yeah, sure. I can, uh, or I can maybe pump, uh, punch it up on my phone. Uh, but, but, but it was the top story of a couple of days on Twitter, everywhere, saying I lost a lawsuit that I didn't lose, that I wasn't a party to. And so I'm just always responding to this always responding to the latest disinfo they've put out. That's what they do. That's how fake news works. Because even if the general public knows they're fake, even the general public knows they're liars, still you kind of question, well, maybe it's true. I've had family call and say, yeah, nightly news. They said Alex Jones sent child porn to Sandy Hook lawyers. No, I didn't do that. That's a lie. They did discovery on us, wanted 9.6 million emails, the judge said, no, just 57,000, anything with the name Sandy Hook or 20-something other search terms. And then unopened emails that they got that had encoded secret child porn on them in the code was found, and that was put out in the news. I mean, how ridiculously ridiculous is that? And I think as someone who's been called a lot of things over my time making videos, I've often had people who maybe even are you know, they call themselves conservatives, say, well, if you didn't walk, rock the boat so much, if you weren't so inflammatory, maybe these things wouldn't happen. Do you think that it would matter if you if you tone down your rhetoric? Do you think that the media oh, would back off? Absolutely, absolutely. If I wasn't effective at telling the truth, if I wasn't effective at getting people to think, then they wouldn't be doing all this. But they would still be taking over and then going after the next most effective person. And then if that person gave up, they'd go after the next effective person. Uh, and so, yes, I'm trying to radicalize Americans for a revolution, a peaceful revolution, a velvet revolution, an information warfare revolution, like cars were a revolution over horses, and Western medicine was a revolution over witch doctors, uh, and women's suffrage was a revolution uh, over uh, the Dark Ages, and so on and so forth forever. And so I'm all about revolutions in medicine, revolutions in thought. The Gutenberg Press 500 plus years ago revolutionized the world and launched the Renaissance. It was nonviolent, but it allowed people to finally read the Bible and other uh, works for themselves and not have it interpreted to them by the priest class. So the word revolution isn't Communist Party USA hails the Dems becoming communist. Uh, or the new city council woman elected in Denver saying she wants a violent revolution against Americans. Communists want a violent revolution. Socialists want to take your money and run your life. Crony capitalists want to set offshore tax-free uh, while screwing you over. I want the classic liberal 
America back. Not the leftist America. Prager University breaks it down excellently. Liberal versus leftist, two different things. Thomas Jefferson was a liberal. More of your money, more freedom, more property, more medicine, more literature, more, fr more free speech, more guns, more of absolutely the libertarian angle of that. Let people do what they want sexually as long as they don't hurt others. But now it turns into, oh, the final liberal revolution, which is leftist, which is left-hand path Jacobin occultism out of the French Revolution is, give us your children. I'm someone who I value free speech and I also value private enterprise and private property. What we're seeing now though with Google, big tech censoring conservatives, a lot of people are starting to say, hey, maybe something needs to be done about this. And then you, you have people who love free speech and want people like you or even anybody to have a platform. They're saying, well, hang on, this is a private company. So, I mean, what? how do you view that issue? As someone who's been booted off of all these platforms, where do you stand on the whole uh, regulate them versus, hey, their platform, we just need to build another one? Well, that's the best question uh, that you brought up yet. And you're awesome. I hope, hope you'll come on my show. You asked <laughs> really you. great questions and make some great statements. <laughs> Listen, I'm a libertarian. But you take the Koch brothers that are financing the deplatforming of conservatives, you take the Koch brothers that want to get rid of the real libertarian streak. They are the crony capitalists they claim to be fighting. They know that when the illegal aliens come here, they get subsidy of welfare and of food stamps. Even Walmart tells their employees, oh, we keep you at a subsistence level so you still qualify for food stamps and welfare. So we're subsidizing Walmart and that family that's got $500 billion or whatever it is last time I checked. So think about that. Warren Buffett claims he's this big uh, libertarian. You know, his dad was this big libertarian congressman. He's a huge leftist. He was the biggest recipient of the banker bailout. Uh, he takes almost all of his profits and capital gains. So his company pays 20%. He pays basically nothing. <laughs> but then he lectures people about how he should pay more taxes. He means more middle class should pay more taxes <clears throat> so that real wealth to oppose his monopolies and his oligopolies doesn't accrue. And so he can extract it through government contracts. Uh, Warren Buffett is a complete and total fraud, up one side and down the other. And it's the same thing with the Koch brothers. They're waging war against real nationalist conservative movements. So let me explain it. Big tech was given the greatest monopoly this nation's ever seen. It would make uh, the robber barons of the 18th and 19th century look like choir boys. They got Section 230 back in the 90s codified where they have the power to do whatever they want and they're not liable for what third parties do on their platforms. Publishers like radio and TV shows and newspapers, they are, excuse me. And so then in the last five years or so, they started going back and forth, curating as Apple calls it, helping China oppress its populations, Google building Dragonfly, helping oppress their population, moving over there. They're making a pure authoritarian move and then saying, oh, we don't censor. We just take people down that violate our rules. Then they don't even follow those rules. They start deplatforming anybody they want, like Facebook two months ago saying, don't even say Alex Jones's name or Infowars.com in a positive light. Think about that. In a positive light or we will ban you. That's like living in a big gulag or a big cult. Imagine if a university said, don't say, one's, don't say someone's name unless it's in a negative light. And so this is what they've done. So they're violating Section 230. And Josh 
Hawley out of uh, Missouri, the junior senator, excellent person. He's introduced bills to strip them. And if they want to control what they publish and they want to control what they say, then the message boards and the comment boards and the, and the news articles and everything that they post that they call commentary or editorial or whatever, it's third party, is now going to be on them because it's on their servers and on their pages. No. The truth is, the here's the secret. The EU and the CHICOMs, because we haven't put in prohibitory regulations, we haven't been following 230, we actually have, have it in place, but we haven't been enforcing it, the courts or Congress or the executive, with antitrust and other things, and false advertising and so many other issues that are here. Fortress interference. I've talked to all the top lawyers on this. It's cut and dried. So here's the here's the here's the whole system right now. Because we haven't had Congress or the President or the Courts Act, the three branches of government, which created a power vacuum, like an outer space. If you open a pod bay door or a bulkhead, it sucks all the oxygen out and you die in about two seconds. Well, it's the same thing. We're like, oh, we don't regulate the internet. We're open and free. The Heritage Foundation and the Koch brothers said so. But they know full well that all these other countries' prohibitory regulations on speech are now being adopted by fiat because these are global big tech companies. And so the U.S. hasn't used its big stick to say, no, we protect free speech. So the city on the hill has gone dark. And so now we are led by China, the authoritarians that killed five times what Hitler did. We are led by the tyrannical unelected EU. We are led by the big mega corporations like Apple and Google and Facebook. They're coming out with all these draconian one world government currencies. They are in control because Congress has advocated and, and stood down and handed over its authority. And that's because they've been bought off by big tech, but that's about to change. This is one of the issues that I've seen conservatives kind of split or the right in general split uh, more so than I think any other recently. What would you say to the, I mean, I, I would say they tend to fall on the establishment side of things. Those conservatives who say, uh, who hear about stories like you being deplatformed or Paul Joseph Watson or Laura Loomer, and they say, well, you know, they shouldn't have broken the terms of service. I'll be fine. What, what do you think about those kinds of mentalities? Well, they're on the Google payroll. They're on the Facebook payroll. They're getting, the average congressperson is bought for less than $4,000 uh, by big tech every two years. Uh, senators just a little bit more. It's more like $20,000. But the average house member, we're talking four or $5,000, last numbers I saw. And think about that. So when you go to these hearings and Sundar Pichai of Google gets up and says, we've never fixed a search result, we censor no one, and then the Democrats all read off talking points given to them by Google on record, and most of the Republicans do as well because they don't want to go up against big tech. And so, again, they call themselves conservatives. How about you conserve free speech? How about you conserve the internet that we invented in America and England? How about you not let China and the authoritarian EU and all these other countries, Russia's coming out with some censorship of the web because, because they're like, hey, everybody's doing it. How about we go back to no, it's a free and open internet, you don't do this. And so the left talks about net neutrality all day long saying, oh, don't control where something can go or where it can't go. Well, well, well how about free speech neutrality? And Trump's had a lot of good rhetoric on this and said that Infowars shouldn't be banned and pointed it out. Uh, but, you know, just Media Matters last week uh, came out and said, oh, look, Millie Weaver that President Trump tweeted out. Well, she's with Infowars and anybody with Infowars shouldn't be on the air. And they even try to tell people, oh, you better not interview Alex Jones. I know radio shows I've gone on that are also on uh, Facebook and they get a message saying, hey, 
You're not supposed to interview him. What? So you got a radio show out of D.C., a radio show out of Dallas. There's two shows I've been on. I could be Ted Bundy. I could be uh, Theodore Kaczynski, the Unabomber. I could be Charlie Manson. got interviewed hundreds of times. You have a right to interview who you want. Oh, our terms of service say don't have them on. That's because they want to sit up there and call me a child molester with no proof. They're testing with Alex Jones, thinking, thinking, if we can take a story where he got sent child porn, didn't open it, but Democrats knew about it and subpoenaed it and found it, then we can get away with anything. And so if they don't stand up for him, you know the old Nazi Germany story about the pastor. He didn't say anything when they came for the Jews. He didn't say anything when they came for the communists. He didn't say anything when they came for the, the trade unionists. And finally, when they came for him, there was nobody left, ladies and gentlemen. There was nobody left after they came for him because he hadn't stood up for all the others. That's exactly the pattern that we're seeing with this deplatforming. I remember when you, uh, I think as your show got uh, kicked off of Spotify and I tweeted out about it, and I had so many people who were saying things like, oh, I like free speech, but Alex Jones and InfoWars is, is different. And I think if you take that kind of attitude, then you don't really like free speech. And sure enough, uh, since then, PragerU has is has had issues with Spotify. If you think that big tech is just going to stop at people like the Alex Jones or the you know Paul Joseph Watson, then leave you know your mainstream conservative views alone. I, you're wrong. You're being naive. Well, uh, exactly. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with some of what Rush Limbaugh says. But back when he said the NFL is pushing black quarterbacks uh, somehow as if they're superior when when the NFL is already 80% black. And he says, I love NFL and I love black players, but the, you know they're clearly doing this as some weird political correctness. And later they admitted they'd done that. They took a year trying to take Rush Limbaugh off the air. I supported Rush when that was happening. And I spent, I don't know, it was like a quarter million dollars in advertising on his show for a film I'd made. And it was because I wanted to stand up for somebody when they were trying to take him off the air because obviously I was next. Mm -hmm. And conservatives and nationalists and libertarians need to see through this. Uh, they need to understand that, that, that the, the news cores of the world have said in their corporate prospectuses just last year, right before I was shadow banned and then fully banned, they said, oh, don't worry, we'll be profitable soon. We're going to ban WikiLeaks and Alex Jones. It was a big Wall Street Journal article with their CEO. And he said, because this wasn't an article for the general public, this was an article for, for investors. They said, hey, and investors are like, are you really going to do that? Watch, we're going to publish our claims and, and, and our intentions, like a declaration of, of evil. And this declaration of evil, the Wall Street Journal said, uh, the, the CEO of, of, of the split-off news corps, the news division, said, once we ban WikiLeaks and Alex Jones, <coughs> no one will stand up for anybody else once we've taken them down. And so they moved forward, they did it, and it's taken people almost a year to figure out what in the hell happened. And a year later, it's anybody that's prominent. It's anybody that's well-spoken. It's anybody who's effective. Hell, there are people a lot better than me out there on air. I've just been doing this a long time. I had built up a core audience of great supporters. And, you know, so many of my supporters I run into on the street, they're like, oh, I used to love you on iTunes. I used to love you on Spotify. I used to love you in InfoWars. I used to love you. This is the way the aggregation worked. Whatever was popular went to the top. We mm -hmm. were number one on our news app till, till, uh, till Apple banned it. And it got banned because it got 3 million downloads when they banned us. It already had a bunch of downloads, but it went to number one. 
Well, that embarrasses CNN and ABC News and the New York Times to have our app number one. Not in trending, number one, period. And I remember telling the crew, we're at number one, we'll be banned within a day. We were banned the next day. Because for a couple of days, we were number one, but it wouldn't even show up in the feed. But internally, we were number one. So again, we were number one. And they said, uh-uh, no, 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 your race car doesn't get to get on this track, okay? Because you're beating us. Your, your, your driver is banned. It's like the old 1970s movie with James Caan, Rollerball. That's an allegory of globalism. There's a world government in the future. The executive class are like kings. They can take your wife or husband from you if they want. And James Caan and, and the Houston team won't give up even though they've been too good for too long, so they authorize the other teams to start killing them. Well, he ends up killing all the other people. And that actually brings down the system because it showed the kings weren't God. Well, it was a return to Magna Carta 1215. And so that's what all of this goes back to is Magna Carta. And it goes back to the individual having speech, having their home be their own castle, having their right to say things. And then Imagine if they said the telecom said, we're going to listen to what you say over your phone. They have this ability now with voice print that if you say something we disagree with, we'll cut your phone call or we'll cut that word. Already when you try to type cuss words into an iPhone or Droid, it won't let you. It's this AI is already here. They already have robot cops pulling people over. They're already bringing out the global social score. And that's what big tech is really doing. We first reported six years ago on the Chinese social score working with big tech to come to America and the rest of the world, where if you're not a good little globalist, they just kick you off the platforms. You can't ride on the bus or the train, or you can't travel one foot. And now they're coming up with a global currency that the big banks say Facebook's going to control. So now they'll kick you off your banking. And, and, and this is their plan. This is their social engineering. And they're testing and they're probing because America and the world put up with so much censorship and so much spying and so many data breaches, well, then you'll let us tell you what to say and how to say it. And mm -hmm. so that's basically the test that's happening right now. I think a lot of people, they can act outraged at what China's doing with their government social credit score. But I think you see here, we're more than happy to have the exact same system as long as it's done by private companies, right? I mean, to me, if, exactly if, I, if I can be sorry. controlled, uh, what what I can and cannot say or else I'll have my bank account cut off or else I won't be able to have a platform. I personally don't care if it's Facebook or the government doing it. That's a bad system. Um, and actually, I mean, speaking of bad systems, I, I want to ask you about 2020 and your predictions to it, because I can't I don't think we can ignore the fact that this is all leading up to 2020. Um, you know, the last election cycle, Democrats were absolutely furious that the Russians bought some Facebook ads and they call that election tampering. Um, what would you call it if Facebook is systematically banning some of President Trump's most vocal supporters. Do you do you think that should uh, concern people who are in support of free and fair elections, this this control of information that they have? Well, again, you're making totally 110% true points. Going back to your first statement, though, if I can, about meddling in elections, that's exactly what's going on. And now our governments have outsourced to megacorporations bigger than most governments, trillion-dollar companies like Apple and Google and others, to engage in mass censorship. And Apple, just last week, censored mainline conservative news sites that are Christian, saying you can't have a Christian news site because science says Christian cosmology isn't scientific. They would never do that to Muslims. They would never do it to any other group. This is absolutely incredible discrimination. And so getting back to your other great point, uh, this is election meddling. Uh, 
Hillary Clinton had 81% of the funding in the 2016 presidential election. That's, that's Federal Elections Commission numbers. And it's not a surprise to learn that 80% of Russian bots were for Hillary. That's because you just go to Russia like you go to any other country, England's big as well, to get around U.S. election law to engage in PAC activity and bot activity. Everybody's got bots. It's like saying only Russians have guns. No. In fact, the Russians aren't even that big of a, a, a footprint uh, in all of this. And so that's like famously Michael Moore, once Trump was already president-elect, he went to a Russian bot-promoted anti-Trump rally at Trump Tower in New York City. So 80% uh, of, it was, it was 81% of the funding, but 80% of the bots were pro-Hillary. So the whole Russia thing, just because it comes from the soil, is a canard, a red herring, a distraction. I, I could fight a Russia and then engage a hack and then say, oh, the Russians did it. Um, so this, this this whole Russia thing, you know, people went out of the EU, not because it's flooding their borders with radical Islamics, not because it's collapsing, but because the Russians and then if, if you know, uh, the, the, the Cubans, uh, you know, are having problems, it's, 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 it's Trump. No, no, it, it's the communist system. So all of these things are scapegoats. All these things are scams. And if Trump doesn't come down hard with antitrust action to make big tech stop the censorship, then we're doomed. When he even makes noises of it, they, they kind of back off for a few weeks. And then he doesn't do anything. And they flood back in. We need to strip them of Section 230 so they don't back off. I say let them have immunity if they stop. Um, I mean, I have immunity on Infowars.com in comments. If I hear something criminal, you know, we, we, we have moderators, we go take it down, but it's a third-party commenter. Well, big tech, again, shouldn't be able to have uh, the power they do and play both sides of it. We need to have antitrust action against them. Uh, we need to have other investigations of them colluding together. Uh, and, and how they've been targeting members of Congress. It's just outrageous how people are going along with this because it's clear the Democratic Party are globalists completely. They know there's an insurrection, a nationalist insurrection, the Republican Party, and they've circled the wagons with Republican blue bloods to end free speech as we know it and really sew this country up. So Trump and the nationalist movement, the populist movement, has so scared the globalists all over the world that they're going to try to sew things up the next two to four years. And so if we don't complete this revolution, this peaceful awakening, it, it would have only served to awaken our enemies to rally and crush us. So we're now in the crucible, we're in the critical part of the fight. And I think uh, a lot of people may not realize how important the next election cycle is, especially with things like immigration and with big tech. I mean, if this sort of thing isn't combated right now, I really don't see how, uh, you know, a, a Democrat president like Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden is going to look at what big tech is doing and say, no, we need to stop this. Right. So, I mean, this next election cycle, you're not just talking about things like the justices or anything. It may be just your right in general to express yourself. Um, oh, but absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's just I mean, I have liberal friends who, who aren't leftists, but they're liberals. And. Like like Mark Rendazzi, he's a smart constitutional lawyer, one of the top guys in free speech in the country, in the top three or four. He's like, Alex, Elizabeth Warren wants to go after big tech and stop them. No, no, no. She wants government control of it for total censorship. That's what Democrats want. They've been demanding more of it. So th that's definitely the worst place we don't want to go. Um, and, and, and we're already in the worst place, again, having China 
and the EU dictate what's happening inside of there. So uh, absolutely, Bernie Sanders and all these people are just anti-free speech monsters. Uh, they've proven they're anti-free speech monsters. <laughs> the only person I know that said they're free speech is Beto O'Rourke. Uh, AOC basically wants to arrest people for their speech. She threatened to arrest uh, a bunch of people. She, you know, she she threatened people like Don Donald Trump Jr. when he was criticizing her for being a communist. She said, "You better watch it, boy. I'm going to be in the Congress soon. I can subpoena and have you arrested." She didn't even know that the legislative doesn't have arrest powers. Anytime deplatforming comes up, I think something that, and I'm trying to play devil's advocate here as best I can, something that someone will say in response to a conversation like this is, oh, so you support hate speech, then you're comfortable with hate speech going unchallenged. Is We've talked about how important freedom of speech is, but are there cases where you think that tech should have the opportunity to take someone's comment down or to say, no, we're not going to recommend this. Like, are there any organizations or individuals who you would advocate uh, having the same treatment that you've had in, in essentially having their, their voice taken away? Well, to be clear, hate speech is a term developed the 1950s in the Soviet Union for people they would disappear. And so hate speech in Western law isn't real. Um, you have terroristic threats. Uh, you have, uh, you, know, you know, things like that that are then judged by a prosecutor who seeks an indictment by a grand jury, and then you have a jury. Uh, now, under Section 230, if something's a clear threat or it's clearly illegal, then you can take it down. Um, and that's why the left is always claiming that the right wants violence when they're the ones that are really pushing violence, and they twist things we say to claim that we're promoting violence where it's the last thing uh, that we want. Uh, I mean, I know right now they're seeking an indictment of myself in Connecticut uh, when clearly I'm, I'm yelling at the lawyers on the other side saying you're pieces of garbage and all this, in my view and opinion. And then I shift gears and say, and whoever sent me the child porn, when we get you, your head's going on a pike, you're going to get arrested. That means you're, you're going to get in trouble, you know, off of your head. It, obviously, it's hyperbole. So I do support... Um, folks is right to go after speech that's uh, terroristic or fire in a theater. But the so-called left has basically completely abandoned all their so-called free speech stuff of the past uh, because they think they're the establishment now. And they want to go ahead and mop up uh, things and uh, take full control. Uh, but there, there, there are forms of speech that are not protected. And, and, and I agree with you know, previous Supreme Court rulings uh, on that, um, you know, where somebody specifically says, I'm going to come to your house this time and I'm going to kill you. Well, that's terroristic threat. Or someone goes on air and says, we all need to get our guns. This is hypothetical. I'm not saying this. I'll probably still do an article on it, but whatever. I'm not going <laughs> to change my speech for them. Everybody should get their guns at such and such time and go such and such place and kill such and such. That's organizing a, you know, a, a, a criminal attack. But when you have the Democratic Party out of you know, saying, I don't care when the Republicans are out at gas stations or shopping malls or grocery stores or restaurants, you attack them, you get in their face. That's Maxine Waters organizing people to go out and confront folks. When Joe Biden says, if I get elected, we're going to have a physical revolution. Or city council members getting elected in Denver saying we need any means necessary. That's beyond a dog whistle. That's a clarion call that they mean business and they're going to get violent now. So 
I think the conservatives, the nationalists, the libertarians, the Christians have been extremely restrained in the face of leftist intensified bullying and a uh, violence continuum that's, that's, that's ratcheting up very, very quickly. And something that I, I do want to point out is that I think most people would agree that you're, you're exactly right. The the actual actionable uh, threats that are being made, those do fall outside of free speech protections. But what's going on now is that the left is saying that ideas like, for example, nationalism or populism, they'll say that, oh, if you look at uh, Hitler's Germany, that was nationalistic. And so for, by advocating for nationalism, you are there for um, that is a threat to people who fall outside of like your nation's protections and things like that. So they and Hitler created the EU model that he never launched it. And he was a globalist that wanted global control. So was Napoleon. So it's just asinine. But even if he was a nationalist, that doesn't mean every nationalist now mm -hmm. is some, there's all there's hundreds of types of nationalism. China is a communist nationalist state trying to project its hegemonic power. Uh, the EU is a globalist state trying to project its its uh, its hegemonic power. But that's another great point uh, is that they're now just moving on to names and terms and. Well, now it's, it's entire ideas that they will say count as violence and hate speech, conservatism in general, any defense of, for example, borders, they, a lot of them will say uh, that could be seen as a threat on illegal immigrants. They say borders are concentration camps. Yes. And it's, it's not just AOC saying it. People are fighting to get in the concentration camp. Yeah, right. No, people fought to get out of them. And of course, you had a member of the Polish parliament send her a letter saying, let me take you to a real concentration camp. And, and, and that's exactly right. That's exactly what's going on. So they're in a revolution of violence. They're in a revolution of bullying. They're in a counter-revolution to stop us rediscovering America. And they don't want people to discover Infowars.com. They don't want folks to discover Newswars.com. They don't want people to discover what you're doing. They don't want us to share this word of mouth and by email and by text message because they're blocking all conservatives. All conservatives since Hillary lost have been shadow banned. About 96% is the number. We have the graphs. Uh, every major conservative site got 96% dialed back uh, for whatever reason on all the platforms. They all collude. They admit, Twitter admitted last year they meet in secret with the other big tech heads to decide how to do this. That was even you know, in, in, in the Associated Press. And then before that, during the election, they would dial back conservatives. About 50% had a governor on it. And then if something got really viral, they would dial it back 96%, 98%, 99%. They demonetized me five years ago overall. They demonetized everybody else. And then we didn't change our tune when they took the money away. Hell, I made, brought in, I funded the operation with it, $6 million, our best YouTube year. And then we had YouTube vice presidents calling up saying, let's work with you, Alex. Let's work with you because, you know, you got 5 million views. And, you know, you're actually the biggest political commentator on there. And if you'll let us, uh, you know, control these other channels that have your material on it and take all that down. And you, I, mean, I saw it as a trap so that I wouldn't have my content everywhere. I didn't care about the money. And then the six million went down to a million and then it went away completely. So again, all these other people talk all day about stuff, uh, you know, $6 million. I turned down $6 million from Google because I won't sell my country out and I won't sell my values out. And so, you know, uh, the, the fat's definitely been trimmed around here, uh, but uh, we're moving forward. Nothing wrong with money, nothing wrong with success, nothing wrong with all the trinkets, but on my hierarchy of needs, they're way down at the bottom. I want freedom and justice. We haven't compromised. And so they've turned the heat up. And now they've moved into, you know, trying to plant child porn on us. They've moved to uh, saying I'm saying Jew boy against Jews when I said white shoe boys. Uh, they've really turned the heat up big time. But that's because we're over the target. You know the old World War II saying by the Army Air Corps and the B-17s and Liberators. 
with B-38 Lightnings and Mustangs is when they were over the target, you get the flak. And so back then they didn't have radar till the end of the war. And so how did they, the Germans actually helped them uh, many days when a th up to a thousand bombers would go in because they would put flak up when the, when the scout planes got over the factories and over the armies. And so I steer into the flak. The more I get attacked, I steer, that's my radar system. And so, uh, you know, it's painful, it's not fun, but it's for the future. I signed on for this. And so everybody needs to stop trying to comply with the left. They need to stop trying to grovel to the left. Ted Cruz was on a Washington Post live stream the other day. It got 58 viewers while he was on it. After I talked about it, it got a couple thousand views. But I like Ted Cruz. You know, I helped get him elected against Beto. But Roger Stone was talking to folks, and they said, at high level, and Trump put this out, who Cruz acts like he likes now. Okay, fine. You say he made a deal with Trump? That's great. Stop it. We talked about his dad being in New Orleans back when Kennedy was there, back when the Kennedy assassination happened, reportedly being photographed with Lee Harvey Oswald. We're not saying he killed Kennedy. We're saying the word is he was a nationalist Cuban who was in the CIA. That's not anything bad. That he was, you know, a lot of people have been in that. And you know, Cruz, oh, he's horrible. He said my dad killed JFK, but he still has a right to be on air and not be shut down. Hey, Ted, you got it half right. I didn't really say that, but you did agree with the First Amendment. But the point is, all the comments were against him. Everyone but like one or two, hundreds of comments. I read them last night, this morning. All of them were basically against him, but a couple. And no one was wanting to watch the Washington Post live stream. You, 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 you couldn't pay people to watch it or see it, even though if you went on a regular stream or your show, it'd be super popular. Hey, Ted, you don't need the Washington Post. Hey, Ted, they're not going to be your friend, Ted. You come on my show and it got 10 million views, but oh, no, you might get criticized by the Washington Post. But see, Ted's actually smart. He knows at that level, being criticized doesn't really matter. But if you don't kiss their butt, well, then somebody will send you child porn. And it won't matter when the FBI puts out a letter, like we published today at Infowars.com, uh, saying that we were the victims and we didn't do anything, because the media will totally ignore it. But that's why they're discredited. So you can fool some people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time, it's been said. And so that's what it comes down to. So anybody that wants to find what we're really saying, we're still on the air. Hundreds of radio stations, Infowars.com, Newswars.com, audio feeds, video feeds. We put out our own audio feeds. We put out our own video feeds. We do it all the old-fashioned way ourselves. And we knew this was coming. Three years ago, Matt Drudge came and visited me about six months before the election. And he said, Alex, I've met with a Supreme Court justice. He told me the guy's name in private. I don't think any of us don't know who it is. And he said, no, they said, when Hillary gets elected, they're in everybody's free speech. You better get ready. You better fight hard now. Well, Hillary didn't get elected, but they're just continuing on with all the censorship regardless. And it's like she never was defeated. It's like she's still in charge. If, if you're someone, just your average everyday person, and you tell, for example, um, maybe some of your friends or employers that, yeah, I'm, I'm friends with Alex Jones, they're, they're going to take action against you in your social life, right? You're going to be shunned. You're going to be ignored. You're not going to be invited to the next party. Uh, I watched a good part, not all of it, but most of your interview with Joe Rogan, and I saw the the kind of crap that he was getting from people just for talking to you. And, you know, Joe Rogan, he's a great guy. He, he talks with everyone. That's why I enjoy his show. But I think they're very much trying to isolate people socially and, and, and not just take and away the By the way, platform. I've talked to Joe about this. Is Elon Musk on paper has 20 million views. Mine has like 15 million. But if you count all the sub clips on his channel, we have like 40 million views just on YouTube. It's his biggest podcast ever.
-hmm. So see, that's number one on iTunes, number one on the app, number one on Joe Rogan. They want the truth. Do, do you think that's something that the left is being more successful about? Because I get messages from people all the time, especially from students saying, hey, love your show. I agree with you. I'm a conservative, but I'm too afraid to come out, so to speak, because I'm afraid of the social ramifications. I'm afraid of how my teachers are going to treat me. I'm afraid that my friends won't want to be my friends anymore. It's almost like they've they've tried to make being conservative into the new literal KKK just by the constant demonization of the ideas. Well, that's it. Man, I hope you'll come on my show. This is a good interview. Um, you bring up all these great points. I'm, I'm, I'm not just flattering you. You, you. you keep going down things better than I would say them. <laughs> Take Scientology. Uh, a lot about Scientology, obviously, I don't like. I'm not a joiner. I don't get part of groups or whatever. But but we always heard Scientology's bad by ABC News and CNN and everything else because if they don't like your family or your friends, they tell you to stop associating with them. Well, Mark Zuckerberg told the world two months ago in a press release, you don't talk about Alex Jones or Infowars.com unless it's in a disparaging way. That's a quote. Mm -hmm. Now, now the, imagine the Scientologist said, you know, you don't talk about somebody unless it's in a disparaging thing. People would say, okay, that's a cult. Because they never even proved that the Scientologists were, were, were fully doing that. Okay. And, and, and again, I don't like organizations. I don't like joining things. I, I, I'm not defending Scientology. I'm just saying all the stuff I've been through is what everything I heard Scientology did, but I didn't see the proof. And if I saw the proof of Scientology doing stuff like that, I would be against them. But I'm telling you, you talk about a cult. <laughs> you talk about telling women that in powerlifting, they're losing all over the world. It's biological men with genitals beating them. Different bone structures, different body. I can't have a baby like a woman can. And the average man can outpower lift a woman. I mean, it's just insane. Uh, uh, all the major state championships in Texas and Connecticut and Florida are being won by biological men. Okay? Uh, and then women are now suing over it. And my point is, that's a cult. When you tell somebody that a full-grown man is a woman, and ex-convicts that are 6'4", 300 pounds walk in, and it's obviously a man wearing a pink shirt, and the clerk says, okay, guys, you're next, <coughs> which, by the way, is gender neutral, guys, is nowadays general neutral. Neutral, why do I even know these weird cult terms? And he's like, it's ma'am, I'm gonna kick your ass, it's ma'am! I mean, there's dudes with beards, all of this, is about dominating us in this cult and believing this crap and doing what they say and using what words they say and all being, uh, you know, guilty about ourselves and not talking to people that, that, that do such and such and not wearing a red hat and saying that white people are inherently evil and apologizing for who you are and and then and then and then, and then the left, you know, saying that uh, Asians don't uh, get to have high grades and get get you know the, the uh, their scholarships, uh, because they're not, they don't count like the other minorities. It's all out of control cult behavior. And it's only getting worse. It's only getting more insane. Because 10 years ago, I remember first reporting on Denver, Colorado College and, and, and Yale saying, it's an advisory by the team. Do not have offensive parties that are Cinco de Mayo or Mexican themed or Greek themed or Japanese themed. That could be hurtful cultural appropriation. No, it's just fun to have a Mexican party and have tacos and enchiladas and wear sombreros and get drunk 
just like it's fun to put on toga parties because the guys and the girls are all wearing skirts and you know what happens, you know, when everything's easy access. But they take everything wholesome, everything good, they turn into something bad. And then the minute we said, okay, we won't wear offensive costumes, well, guess what? This college is banning any dorms having Halloween parties because someone might be offended. Well, you know what? I'm offended by your cult. And now we're light years past all of this, and it's 100 times worse. Well, I don't know if you saw, but recently we did a video about it. I think it was in Scotland. There was a student who was kicked out of class for saying that there were two genders. And if you want to talk about something that's Orwellian, you're being banned and punished for speaking the truth, what is biological scientific fact, because it doesn't Professors are being fired. to the party line. People are being, yeah. For sure. And I mean, what I get so often when I have, whenever I cover something like this is what what can I do? Right. Because I think a lot of people, when they're faced with what seems like a, a cult with unlimited institutional power, because I don't think these people are are the majority. They're not. But what they've done is they've managed to cleverly insert themselves into positions of power. So now they're able to exert their will on other people, even if they're some they are actually a fringe movement. So what what can average everyday people do to fight back against this kind of thing, against the against in schools being told that there's more than two genders uh, against the idea of biological men competing in women in sports or big tech censorship because i think this all goes hand in hand uh, to the point where it can feel overwhelming if you're just your average everyday person who might feel like you're powerless in the face of this well you just said it institutional cult why do child molesters disproportionately try to get jobs in the boy scouts or as truancy officers or taking care of uh, children in foster homes. It's not that all foster parents or even a majority of them are child molesters. It's not that all truancy officers are child molesters. It's not that all social workers are. It's that the people are seeking power through an institution that they know will try to protect them because the institution is self-protecting. Just like the Catholic Church has been taken over by these pedophile cults to now biblical levels, uh, just, just, just in nightmare proportions. And so that's it, the communists, in the 60s and 70s and 80s and even before that said, we're gonna take over all the institutions of higher learning and of government, and then we're gonna orchestrate our power. Then we're gonna have our cults on campus, and then we're gonna get them into big tech so they can then expand our college level cult of control through big tech, through digital systems, digital dormitories uh, that Zuckerberg is now talking about controlling people through. And then we'll give them digital currencies and, and, and systems that if they don't comply, They'll be punished. If they do comply, they'll be rewarded. And so it's true modern high-tech slavery. And instead of the state withering away, like Karl Marx uh, said, with, with automation and things coming, instead the state grows and grows and grows and, and metastasizes and controls every fashion and facet of, 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 of human life and finally absorbs people into the technocracy, which is what the globalists actually say their plan is, a post-human world. So this is a anti-human exterminist the population plan. It's in my film Endgame, Blueprint for Global Enslavement. It's free online on YouTube still with tens of millions of views. It's taken off Google Video and had over 80 million views. Google Video just retired it. Uh, but the film's been seen over 100 million times online and it's free. It's Endgame. Speaking of movies, I recently saw the film You Can't Watch This. And, uh, you know, you're, you're in that, you're interviewed in that. And just kind of last thing to touch on, what would you say has been the the human everyday element as as the result of being kicked off of all these platforms, not just for you, but for 
your whole team. I, I know there was a, one of your staff members that was interviewed in that show that said, yeah, I mean, you know what YouTube did? We had all of these views, all of this work, and it was just down the drain. Um, you know, we obviously are not on the same level as you in terms of audience or even just the effort to silence us. But we've, in, you know, in the past six, you know, even year, uh, we've just done a deep dive into our analytics. The amount of recommends we get is, I think, about 10% of what it used to be. And it's demoralizing knowing that. Well, sure, you, have you to noticed. I said it's a 90 plus percent deplatform. Right. And, 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 and so that's the. It, on average, it's about 96%, but then people, conservatives are fighting harder to get the word out, so usually it, it only cuts you back 90 to 80%. But I mean, we, we have all the graphs. Uh, but, but listen, what you've done is incredibly important. Everybody, whether you reach 1,000 people or tens of millions or hundreds of millions like you've reached, we'd reached 5 billion back when they tried to get me to sell out to them. Uh, and, and again, it was like, hey, sell out. It's like, hey, we want to work with you. We want to help you. We want to tell you what you need to do, what you need to stop. I got calls from Facebook, calls from Twitter before they banned me saying, hey, why don't you come to a meeting, you know, sign a non-disclosure, why don't you come to San Francisco, why don't you come to Tennessee, where they have retreats, but hey, you need to sign this non-disclosure, let's play ball. But I knew folks that had gone and played ball. And, you know, they have names like Ben Shapiro, uh, and they have names like Jordan Peterson. And I'm not even putting those guys down, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not interested because as soon as you go, oh, I'll watch what I say 5%. And that's like, by the way, it's 10%. And then by the way, um, we need you to attack this person. We need you to carry the water. And I don't want to give my soul up. So you ask, what is it like? Hardcore support on the street has gotten way greater. Mm -hmm. uh, financial support has stayed about what it was because uh, we don't have those huge audiences to draw from. We have a big, strong, hardcore audience that's better than ever. So they've really stepped up. We appreciate them to keep us afloat. And operating to understand what a pivotal fight this is, that we're a figurehead in this even more than the information we put out, but more like a standard or a or a logo, uh, kind of capture the flag thing. But I may shake a hundred hands before I get an F you Russian. Uh, now it's F you child molester. Uh, and you're sitting there and you're at dinner and somebody walks over and knocks your tea over and then says, F your family, looking at your kids. I mean, the left always wants to say F your family. That was another big lie that I lost my kids two years ago. I have full custody of my children. Um, just more hoaxes in the media, <clears throat> and they'll 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 try to start fights with my son at the airport. You know, uh, we're gay men. Your dad hates gays, and run over and like these are like big dudes who come back from Denver on the same flight with us from the snowboarding championship. I just happened to be out there when it was happening, and they're like, and I'm like, dude, you guys are like six three. You're bigger than us, and you're like, f you, we're gay. We'll beat your ass. You know, and it, it, it's like, oh, God, you're gay. Well, you could be a bully. It's like they're a motorcycle gang or something. Or, uh, again, I don't, it's not that they're gay. It's that they're crazy thugs. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it only makes me stronger to have them, uh, whoever it is, send me child porn. The FBI says I'm innocent. And they make up all these lies in the news. Or, I mean, it's, it's a daily thing now. They're really desperate. They really want to get me. Uh, but the listeners see through it. So whatever happens. I was good to my integrity. I, I did the right thing. And these authoritarians, mainstream newspapers, mainstream media is dead. And trying to shut us down isn't going to fix the fact that they're hated. Isn't going to fix the fact that everybody disdains them. Isn't going to fix the fact that the general public that counts, every race, color, and creed is done with them. And so, you know, it's kind of like a man that's been beating his wife for a decade. And uh, one day he comes home and her stuff's gone and she just never comes back. Now, before he'd give her black eyes, she'd cover it up. 
she'd go to work the police came out a few times you know then she broke it you know he breaks her wrist or whatever and that gets healed and then he slap breaks her nose or something and she finally calls her you know mom or her cousin five states out and you know leaves uh and you know america has left okay and so but but now he's kind of caught us in the parking lot and he's got us by the hair running our head into the truck and so if they think running our face into the truck bumper or dragging us through the graveler, you know, raping us, quite frankly, is what it's like. If they think that's going to make us come back to him, it ain't ever coming back. <laughs> Jeannie left the bottle, toothpaste out of the tube, cows got out of the barn, horses ain't ever coming back, ain't ever happening. It's over. Finale. Done. <laughs> Bye-bye. Goodbye. Never happening again. Well, so that's it. They, can may br they may bring me down, but guess what? <laughs> their whole current world government system is not getting put back together again like Humpty Dumpty because all the king's horses and all the king's fake media and all the king's you know men cannot put their globalist fiasco back together again. Well, on that descriptive note, uh, you know, usually we finish off by asking where people can find, wow. you know, our guests, Twitter, YouTube, all of that. But uh, in your case, where, where can they actually go to find you if they want to keep up with what you're doing? Well, like Matt Drudge advises us to do, we've already kind of done it. We've beefed it up. We have our own audio streams, our own video streams, our own podcast, Infowars.com forward slash show. You can find myself, David Knight, Owen Schroyer, all at Infowars.com forward slash show. You can't really share Infowars online. They'll block that. But Newswars.com and PrisonPlanet.com aren't as censored. Paul Watson's launched his own summit.news. He still works with me, but I've encouraged him to launch his own operations before he got deplatformed. I said, you're going to get deplatformed. You work with me, but it's it's too late. He's, he's too effective. They're going after everybody. I think that's clear now. Again, they isolate one person. Nobody stands up for them. They move on to the next person. Then they move on to 1,000, then 10,000, 100,000. So they're coming for everybody. Hang together or hang separate, like Benjamin Franklin said. And I'll see you all at Infowars.com because... You are the resistance, ladies and gentlemen. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it.